isn't afraid to dissect an issue, even if it ruffles some feathers. With Global Top Talkers, here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for our counterpoint, so let's bring the guys in. Scott Radley joining us from our Global News Radio in London, and Peter Sherman, Global News Radio, all times of the hour of the day. Are you, like, you're 24-7 here? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, there's not a shift I haven't done, and, and I got up this morning at 3 o'clock, so no I complaint, but oh, my God. But, boy, are you lucky you get to stay in your jammies. It's all, it'll work out. I get out. to stay in my jammies, and, and I'm done with the mornings next week, uh, Oakley. Okay. I'll get you more shifts. Don't worry. Thanks. Thanks, (laughs) Alex. You get to sleep in, eh? (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about um, kind of a shocking uh, report because of the source. We're talking CBC, which is not exactly known for their support of guns, but they did an investigation into these kind of stats that we are being told by officials, you know, that domestic gun crime uh, is making up 50%. So the guns that are used and bought here in Canada are being used in Canada. And the CBC dug into this, and there is absolutely no data to support anything of what we're being told, which means, Peter, we are being spun. We are being spun because, you know, if I get on the air and talk about guns, and don't I do it every day, and don't you, and I'm sure Scott does as well, uh, everything that we've been led to believe, and I've said this on the air because officials, in the broadest sense, tell us, the the guns that are being used in crime are coming over the states, and they're not yeah. interdicted, and they... they take the serial number off or change the, the, the gun around a little bit, or, or they don't. Uh, but those are the guns that are doing the killing, and it's all those nice people with the legal guns in the strong boxes and the safes that uh, we can trust because their guns never go anywhere. I don't know what to believe anymore. Well, I know that um, if we don't have a national data system, uh, Scott, then we don't have actual facts, which means ch- data is being cherry-picked to fit a narrative. And my concern is that we've got politicians at the federal level and the municipal level um, saying, you know, we're going to ban guns and, and change laws and all the rest of it. So really, legal gun owners are being vilified, and we don't even have the data to back up that this is this is the case. Well, of course, and, and I think you hit the nail right on the head, uh, Alex, and that is, you will always find whatever anecdote, whatever story, whatever thread you want to make your case. And as long as we don't have anything to back it up, everybody's telling the truth, at least as far as we can tell. I mean, everyone's lying, but everyone's telling the truth. But everyone's, I mean, there's no reason you would think why when a gun crime is committed, especially that there should not be some way to be able to figure out where the origin of that gun is, presumably, and that that should be able to be, logged and followed and put into some sort of uh, statistical analysis, it shouldn't be that hard. Well, you would think. think. I was was actually shocked that there is no national data. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, for all the gun crime we've talked about in the last 20 years, certainly in Toronto, you don't have any kind of data? So even... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, all the guns that are picked up in, in crime, and the yep. police don't just sort of observe a crime and then say, here's your gun back. I mean, they're brought into evidence and they're kept they don't look into, and I'm sure they do, but uh, they don't look into where it comes from. And if they do, they don't put it anywhere that someone could actually say, here's where it was. I, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-mm. And that was what I was going to say uh, when when you put the question, Alex. If there's no national database, and, and I have never heard anybody say there has to be, although it'd be nice, uh, one would think that uh, police who are efficient, who voucher everything that comes in in evidence, uh, in pretty well, all, well, not pretty well, in all police forces, maybe one-horse towns don't, but certainly Toronto and London and Winnipeg and Calgary, and we can go on for a while, uh, reasonable, reasonable-sized towns that operate police forces, the RCMP, the OPP, they voucher everything, they know where everything is, 
we assume, but you know, assuming makes an ass of you and me, as they say. And and I would expect that at a national level for StatsCan or for national policing, um, we would have statistics on this. So if the CBC's report is right, we don't know our ass from day one on this stuff, and nobody can go on the radio or in the paper and say where any of the bad guns are coming from. Right, but I'll continue with my narrative because I've had many debates on the show in the last few months where this narrative that they were domestic guns just kind of came out of nowhere. And I was like, where is this coming from? Because I've never reported this. This is not my experience from reporting you know, on the streets. It was always American guns smuggled in, and then it just kind of changed. And now we're thinking, okay... No, it hasn't. It's just been kind of spun. Um, I want to talk about a a headline that caught me in the Toronto Star, which really, really surprises me. An internal TTC investigation concludes that one of the agent's fair inspectors used personal information that he collected from a female passenger, contacted her later, asked her on a date, and the woman said it made her fear for her safety. Scott, how is this guy not fired? Well, okay, when I first heard this, my first reaction, and I'm not proud of this, was I chuckled just because it's such an outrageous, ridiculous thing that you would think that your job would allow you to do that. I mean, I didn't chuckle because I was laughing at the woman's fear. It was, it's just so bonkers that he would actually do this and think that somebody wouldn't complain or somebody wouldn't get him in trouble. But then to your next point, and that is, how does a guy do this? And uh, it is a guy. It could, I mean, if it was a woman to a man, same thing. But how does a guy do this and still apparently be a fair collector? That to me would it's a, it's be called the union. Him. It's called well, the. I know, I know, <laughs> but still, it would seem to me that there are certain areas of things that even the union people would say. Yeah, you know what? We'll we'll go to the wall for you for a lot of things, but this one seems to fall into the category of really, really stupid, beyond even union protection stupid. Maybe we'll let you deal with this yourself. This one seems to be way over the line. Well, look, it's super creepy, Pete. Like, if some guy from the TTC, and I'm too old for them now, but if someone called me after a few days after, you know, can I get your identification? I'd be like, are you, like I would press charge. I'd be uh, I know what out. you'd say. <laughs> I know exactly what you'd say. Uh, but And you'd be right. Uh, I I dealt with this thing earlier in the day, and and it was part of a story of four uh, people working for the TTC. And isn't there, I don't mean to be so pejorative in a blanket way, but isn't there always a story about the TTC, whether it's a guy falling asleep in a fair booth or whatever? These were people who are charged with certain uh, elements of security. So getting data from um, a woman who's who's going to ride, I guess she's buying a pass or something like that. Um, In another case, somebody uh, bullying a a person who asked uh, about a street car being on time, uh, a couple of guys who um, had huge damage to a TTC car, yeah. but neither of them seemed to know where it came from, and nobody gets disciplined in any meaningful way. And and, and you got to wonder, sure, there's a union that gets involved, but at the very least, wouldn't you expect this character who uh, purloined data about a woman so he could call her for a date and scared the whatever out of her... Um, wouldn't he at the very least be reassigned so he was not in that line of uh, data availability? At the very least. Well, where do you put Captain Creepy? Like, where else would you put him? I don't know. Well, Take some tickets. Yeah. What would happen if this was a cop who gave a woman a ticket while he pulled her over or a firefighter or something? Well, they'd be protected by the union, too. I mean, well, I and that know. has happened. We've had I cops know, but charged. Yeah. But you would say, okay, you know what? That cop, We, I think we would be way harder on a sure. cop or a firefighter. And yet, presumably, you would like to believe, anyway, maybe naively, maybe pie in the sky, that 
you know, a police officer is a trustworthy. We don't know anything about this TTC guy. I mean, what kind of security checks they do? He could have, for all we know, been someone who had malicious intent or something. I don't know. We don't know. Well, if he thought it was a romantic gesture, he'd be wrong. Well, well, there's that, too. I mean, you could could (laughs) do it that way, I suppose. I mean, I'm sure there's some woman out there who might think, wow, he's so romantic. You look at the lengths he went to get my number. (laughs) You know, there was probably one time or another that had that. There's probably been a movie with uh, with Hugh, what's his name? uh, Hugh Grant with the hooker? Hugh Grant, who had this happen. That was a different movie. You never know. And if it hasn't been, it will be one of these days soon. Mm-hmm. Hugh Grant will be in the TTC inspector finding the woman with her ID. Yeah. He swept me off my rails. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it just, it'll be told like he found her pass on the tracks on the third rail, got it back. It won't be that he went into the databank to like, you know, go creeper. But all right, guys, got to leave it there. Thank you very much and have yourselves a great weekend. You too, Alex. That is Scott Radley and Peter Sherman joining us tonight. And guys, if you think that's a good idea... Not your best plan. Stick to the flowers. Okay? If you're on point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.